Get ready to talk sports with Daryl. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver. Daryl knows the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now here's Daryl. Oh, welcome to Sports Info UM. Man, it's a whole lot going on in the world of sports. And I'm not I'm not talking about the XFL either. I'm talking about the NFL. Oh yeah. Did you hear the story that Michael Irvin came out and said that uh that the possibility that the Dallas Cowboys are maybe going to get rid of Dak Prescott and take a look at Tom Brady? Is this just a rumor to get some things started? Is is, is Mike trying to help Dak get paid, or is Mike is Mike trying to help Dak get out the door? What's going on with that? And San Diego, the L.A. or whatever charges you want to call them, the L.A. Chargers have split ways, departed ways with the greatest quarterback since Dan Fouts for the Chargers. And I'm talking about Phillip Rivers. And, you know, we talked about this on the show for a while. We've talked about this for a few weeks now, that Phillip Rivers moved to Florida. You know, he bought a house here in Florida. There's some stories now that Phillip Rivers could be going to Tampa Bay. I broke that story a couple of weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I told you that Phillip Rivers could be coming to Tampa. It's a possibility. But, hey, let's don't put all our eggs in one basket with Phillip coming to Florida, coming to Tampa. But he's made it clear. He wants to play football in 2020. And I don't blame him. You know, Phillip Rivers has, you know, he's, he's not the guy that we've seen hobbled around with injuries. Now, he's been a pretty tough cookie sitting in the pocket for a long time, and it's taken some really tough hits throughout his career. But I still think he has some good football left in him um, in him to play. So I really, really, really think that, um, that Phillip Rivers is, is – is, he's coming somewhere, uh, might be your local town or your, or your city, to play and maybe end his NFL career. Because I really think Phillip is going to play for possibly two, three more years. And you never know. Um, with Mike Evans and, uh, and this kid um, Godwin down there in Tampa, who knows? He might, might even bring them some, some real joy and serious competition down there. But that's still yet to be seen how uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers handle, um, handle the situation with this, um, with with Jameis Winston, you know that's the, that's the key. Hey, um, we I think we got Reggie on the line. Reggie, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Dal? Hey, man, we hey loving life. You know, we we're expecting to have um, Jeff Mason, a professional boxer, on the show tonight, but um, Josh haven't been able to get in contact with him. But we're gonna keep on trying, and you never know. But man, you know, um, did you hear that that story that Mike came out and said that Michael Irvin came out and said? No, no, uh, inform me on that. I didn't hear. Well, that. Uh, Mike came out and said that it was a possibility that uh, Tom Brady could be coming to Dallas. Now, honestly, the more I keep thinking about this thing, I just keep thinking about it and thinking about it. I I kind of don't think Tom Brady is going to leave New England. Leave New England. I, just, I, I, I just agree don't with see you on that. that now. Yeah, I, I, I think about a lot that. of people moving. You know, I, 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 but I don't see Tom Brady leaving New England. I don't. I don't think they want to say, "Hey, 
Uh, I don't think they want to see Tom Brady be successful anywhere else. And that's including the New England Patriots fans, the coaches, the organization. I don't want I don't think they want to see him come back. Yeah, me personally, not not just seeing him be successful. I just don't think that he wants to go anyplace else if they can work something out. Because, you know, the guy played all those years. He made all his, his, his records. Every, every That's the only team he ever played for. And he's sitting at the top of the list as the greatest quarterback of all time with six Super Bowls, played in nine total. And uh, I just I can't see him being in another uniform, me personally. I can't either, Reggie. Oh. I, I I really can't. And I I, I, yeah, can't, I can't see it. You know now, and, well, and then we hear stories that um that uh, Philip Rivers could be going maybe to New uh, Indianapolis Colts. You know, uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know about that either. You know, I just I don't. Well, I don't, I, I, I can I can see Philip more than I can see Tom because. Philip didn't set the record. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be sitting in the Hall of Fame, but he, he, he's not, uh, to me personally, uh, this is my personal opinion. I, I just don't think he's in the same class as Tom Brady. Oh, no. And, and uh, the amount of years that he played with uh, New England, they did a, uh, matter of fact, I was sitting watching ESPN last night, and they did a uh, documentary on Drew Bledsoe after they did the, I don't know, Daryl, did you see the uh, the uh, thing on ESPN about the black quarterbacks in the NFL? No, it was I didn't. a nice, nice thing. Well, if you get a chance, you need to YouTube that. It, it was a good, good uh, one-hour special that they did about the black quarterbacks in the, in the NFL, and uh, <clears throat> they did this thing about how uh, when Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe. That was a nice one, and now, now Drew Bledsoe is in the wine business. He's selling wine. Yeah, wow, top one hundred. He's he's fifty four on the list, <clears throat> fifty three on the fifty three or fifty fourth best wine seller in the country. <clears throat> Drew Bledsoe, uh, probably United States, uh, probably uh-huh. in you know in in the world. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe wow. mm-hmm. out in Walla Walla, Washington. That's the name of the town he's in. Walla Walla, Washington. Wow. Wow. I'm near Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we we uh we we make wine in Florida now. You know, wasn't Florida no, was never a real it was never a real wine producing a manufacturer. state. Right. Yeah, but but right. now we have wineries here in Florida, and um, some of oh, them yeah, are Tampa pretty good. Some. <clears throat> yeah, and we yeah, have Tampa, we have I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we have one over in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and uh, very mm-hmm. very good. Very good wine. They have one here, right here in Tampa as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, we yeah, make a lot of different um, distilleries here in Florida, where we're making um, brandy and um, some some acts. We have some vodka distilleries here and whiskey mm-hmm. distilleries here in Florida. We didn't have that when we were growing up here in uh, in the state of Florida. But you know, the whole country is changing now, man. It re- it really is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what you I, think about- I didn't know. I found, I found out last night that uh, Bledsoe was inducted into the uh, in 2011. He was inducted into the uh, New England Hall of Fame. I didn't know that until I, I saw that he- segment last night. Yeah, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame because uh, he took over when um, 
around, I think it was a year or the same year that Robert Kraft bought the team because they were they were about to uh, sell the team and, and move out of town. They wow. were kind of like Miami was before the uh, 82, uh, before Snellenberger got there where they they couldn't even uh, <clears throat> uh, sell tickets. Wow. And, and yeah, I think that um, bad. But um, 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 Bledsoe was a very productive quarterback until he got hurt, um, and Tom Brady took over for the New England Patriots. Yeah, but I think it's going to be very yeah, hard. Yeah, he, he, he was. He he was. He had turned that that program around. Matter of fact, I believe they had made the the playoffs, and then he got hit against. He was uh, playing against the Jets, and one of the linebackers hit him. When he was, he had uh, took off, turned the uh, pass into a. He started scrambling and started running, and he took a hit and didn't even know his spleen was shattered. And he was wow. bleeding; he had internal bleeding, and he had to rehabilitate that. And um, uh, um, uh, Belichick had to make a decision because uh, who he was gonna um, stay with after Bledsoe got healthy was it going? He made the decision to go with. Uh, with uh, Brady instead of because Brady had won six games in a row and um, he stuck with uh, Brady and um, Bledsoe didn't like it. He was he was he was pretty teed off about not getting his job back, and losing it to an injury, and uh, he finally um, became a team player and, and changed his attitude and and they went on and played the Pittsburgh Steelers in a. Um, Playoff game and 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 Brady ended up getting hurt in the in the playoff game and and, and Bledsoe came in and won it. But Brady came well, back and they but played Brady him. Came back. Yeah. Hey, but Brady, let me ask you a question. Right, you know, and you down there in Tampa, and I know we got an XFL team in Tampa. What did you think about the product that they put on the field over the weekend with the XFL? I thought the uh, Saturday game, I saw a lot of good talent with the uh, L.A. The Winston's team, the uh, L.A. Wildcats, and the uh, that uh, Houston team that they played. They were pretty – it was a pretty good uh, uh, selection of uh, athletes out there. And a lot of those guys were on NFL teams, but they just got caught up in the numbers game or they got hurt or something. Yeah, it's it's a lot of good talent, man. Because I'm gonna tell you this, there, I could put those guys. I mean, they could put those guys in those NFL uniforms, and nobody probably would even know the difference. Well, you know? okay. I mean, right. you know, you cover, you can uh, uh, select a few of those guys and put them in those NFL uniforms, and they'll become household names based on just being in that league. But here's the thing. The NFL has been around so long, and everybody loves the NFL. All the football fans love the NFL, so it'll be hard to repeat against the NFL simply yeah. because of the longevity that they have in this in this league, in that league. I'm going to tell you something, Reggie, right now. In order for this – one way for this league to be successful – and I'm going to tell you, they have to start downsizing the game. You can't be in, 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 in the Meadowlands and have more empty seats than you have people in seats. 
You understand what I'm That's saying? Right. You can't have twice as many empty I seats I, I know, as you have. I noticed that. You understand what I'm saying? So now, yeah, now, but check it out though. If you playing in that um in a soccer arena, like where the uh, Orlando the Lions play at, they have a soccer yeah. stadium. Both cities now have their own soccer stadium. If you play in a soccer stadium and you feel that yeah, stadium because it only holds about maybe twenty thousand, it don't hold seventy thousand. Right. It holds twenty thousand. And now it's, it look like a packed stadium, and everybody's right there on you, right. having fun. But no, man, when you when you have four times as many empty seats as you have seats because you playing it in a look right. that have eighty thousand, and you got twenty thousand in the arena, it don't. It's not look. a good look. It's not a good not look. A good, right. It's not it's, a good look. So right. they have to change. And that's that. the problem. That's the problem. The Tampa here in Tampa. That the uh the, the guys are gonna run into the Vipers. They're gonna run into that problem because Same. Raymond James holds probably about sixty five thousand mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what the capacity is, but they're not gonna feel that. They're not right. gonna college yeah. college uh, uh will get that kind of crowd, you know. Right, and that's because but, but, uh, you know colleges have a lot to do with. They've been around. They've been around, right? They've yeah. been around, and that's that's that goes back to what I'm saying: the longevity that the NFL been around, and then you get these uh these uh billionaires that try to compete with these uh teams, and 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 then you you playing right after, <laughs> right after the NFL season and the college season, people are tired, <laughs> tired watching. Some people are just tired of watching football. They, they they go to the next sport, you know. And, and uh, these real sport people who love sports, they go to baseball. They go, I mean, basketball, and then baseball starts up. So it's it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Hey, to, well, uh, you know, to maintain a, a decent decent crowd, unless you're in a city like um, the Mons Hour. <laughs> you know, yeah. where there's nothing else going on, and and, and, and I don't and see people... anything wrong with the in it with this XFL taking their teams to cities and states that have no professional football, like Oklahoma. Right. You know, the only thing professional right. Oklahoma exactly. is 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 the basketball team. The f- you know, basketball Arkansas. Football. It's exactly. no. Remember right. USFL? They had that team in Arkansas. Man, they they come yeah. on. They say big crowds in Arkansas. Because yeah, it is no football, it's no professional baseball, basketball, or football right. in Arkansas. So put a team there. That's but right. you know, when you start putting these teams in LA, you know, people in LA they got too many things to do, man. Ain't nothing to do in Arkansas. Right. Right. They they go right. they going to the games on Saturday in Arkansas, but in LA yeah. they going to the beach, they going to the play, they going to the market. They it's too they many got things. a number of things they could be doing. They got carnivals and, and water parks right. and. You know, yeah, so, water parks and all that. You know, yeah. that's a time where a lot of people, especially uh, football fanatics, these men they they spend time with their with their families after football season. You know, because they know, hey, I got this NFL and I got this college going on, and I know that on Saturdays I'm gonna be busy watching football. Saturday, Sundays I'm gonna be watching football. So hey, when the season ends. I'll take that time out, and uh, we'll do a lot of family things. Then that's another that's six months of just family. Then season kicks back in, so well, Reggie, it's gonna be hard. Let me, let me man. say this: it's gonna man. be hard. See, 
when we look at football fans, and, and we know that word fan comes from the word fanatical, fanatic. So when we look at these football fanatics, yeah, those 20,000 that's going to come to the XFL game, they are a different kind of football fanatic. Now, those 60,000 that are not going to come to the XFL game, or maybe you could say the 20 or to say 40% that, or no, not even 40%, let's say 20% of the fans from the NFL are going to go and attend and watch and participate in the XFL. That's going to be a lot of people. And hopefully within the next maybe five or 10 years, if this league can hang around, they can gain another 20% of those XFL, um, XFL, NFL fans to go on to the XFL. So I think it really has a chance, but I really would like to see these teams, man, play in smaller stadiums. I think it would help. I think it would help everything if they played in a smaller stadium. Make the it'll be a better look for the for the for the company for the XFL organization for the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me ask you this. I, <clears throat> I was um in the barbershop the other day, and uh, one of the guys that's a fan, a hurricane fan. One of the barbers, he was telling me that we signed a guy out of D-Land, a safety by the name of Antoine Williams. And he said we got him from Florida because he had committed to Florida, and then he decommitted and signed with Miami. Do you Reggie, Have you heard anything about this kid? My understanding, I've been on watching this kid since he was a sophomore, and all I ever heard was that he was going to the University of Florida. I was stunned. And shocked when I heard that uh, this kid, Antoine Williams, is coming to the University of Miami. He's a big-time player, and I really think he's going uh, he's to he's gonna be an impact player right away. I mean, from what I saw, I saw he's the kid play twice. He's that good. He's big, too. He's not a... He's not a real small kid. He's a big kid. Hey, Reg, we got to get out of here, man. We got Jeff Martin, um, Jeff Mason on the line, and uh, we're going to take okay. a quick commercial break. And when we get back, I want you to listen and stay tuned and tune in to us, man. Listen to us on voiceamerica.com, Variety, Sports Info UM. Hey, we're going to take a quick, quick commercial break. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Jeff Mason, 12 and 0 as a professional boxer. Golden Gloves champion out of Chicago, still resides in Chicago, Illinois. And we'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? 
It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM on voiceamerica.com. Hey, you know, we talk a lot about football and basketball on our show. And we really have not talked about some of the sports that I really love more than any more as much as I do football and basketball. And boxing is one of those sports. And um tonight we have we have an opportunity to really um go in depth in this sport and get an inside look from uh from a real professional. And Jeff Mason is our guest tonight. Um Jeff has a career record of 12 and 0, undefeated, uh, six knockouts. Um, Jeff was started his career in 1992, and uh, he stopped boxing in 1998. But Jeff is involved in boxing in a lot of different ways. He's he's promoting now. He's training. Jeff has YouTube videos all over the internet. I mean, he's just a real, real. Um, a real, real good person to talk to and has a lot of information. Jeff, welcome to Sports Info UM on Voice America. How's everything going? Everything is great. And what, thank you for welcoming me. Hey, man, I'm really so happy that you were part of our show. And, and Jeff, um, how did you get into boxing in Chicago? Well, uh, I got into boxing because there was a youth center right across the street, uh, directly from across the street from the grammar school I went in. And I stayed in uh, a, uh, a low-income complex called the Robert Taylor Homes, mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, that was maybe it was a, a high-rise building, 16 flights, 10, uh, 160 apartments uh, in each building, and that was from the racial where I'm standing. That was maybe probably about 30 buildings, so pretty much it was. You know, you was around uh, a lot of families, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to get involved in or whatever. So, and I was the, the oldest uh, boy of the family, so I had to learn how to defend myself. So uh, that was a boxing gym right across the street from my school, and I took it in my own initiative to uh, go up there. And I went up there, and uh, it was a trainer. Up there, he kind of at the time he kind of you know he saw me uh, scrap at school or whatever, so he he asked me did I want to box? And I told him no. Nah. He asked me why. I was like you know um, I didn't have no answer for him. He said man I think you'll be a good boxer because you know I like the way you uh, 
you know, I saw you throw your hands or whatever, and I like the way you move or whatever. And he's saying, you know, you got a pretty nice build of uh, build on you. And so I was like, well, not really. But anyway, make a long story short, he kind of bribed me, gave me a couple, like two dollars to give me some candy, and you know, he want he 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 won me from that point on. And um, maybe uh, two weeks later, there was a amateur, you know, uh, competition coming up uh, with some amateur fights, and I competed, and I won the tournament. And uh, once I won that tournament, and then he started taking me to different other tournaments, and I kept winning. And pretty much, I started, you know, I found a liking to it, and I took a liking to it, and that's that's when my career had began when I was eight years old. Now I'm 51 years old, and I'm a professional boxing coach right now, and I have some up-and-coming professionals that's uh, up-and-coming in the rankings right now. So you're, so you're training and promoting, or, or what's, what's happening with you, Jeff? Well, I'm, I'm training, and I'm doing some scouting for okay. – uh, uh, I'm doing scouting for some promoters as well. Okay, so who who can we look for from you in the up and coming in the boxing ring? Well, uh, I have a kid. His name is Destiny Butler. Destiny is 147. He's a welterweight. He's uh, six foot two, well six six one and a half. He's a, uh, a decorated amateur boxer. Um, he's um, Chicago uh, twenty. He's the 2018 Chicago Golden Glove champion, and he won several uh, junior tournaments when he was a younger fighter. And what happened to him, he um, got himself in some trouble and got incarcerated for four years. And um, he came back after four years and um, won the Chicago Golden Glove, and then we turned him professional. And now he have a record of, uh, his record is, uh, he have a perfect record of nine, nine wins and no defeats with six knockouts, and uh, we just uh, captured this weekend, we just captured the American Boxing Federation title, which is a, a, a regional title. So uh, we are pretty much on our way. And then I have a, another female boxer, which uh, she's a, a former world champion. She had the belt before Carissa Shields had her belt. So she's still the same way as Carissa Steele. She had a eleven year layoff uh, wow. because of due to her yes, due to injuries to her mom. Her mom just uh passed away. Her mom just left her. So now she came back and you know, she was highly decorated as a professional fighter. She was her she got a record of sixteen wins and one defeat. So uh they put her as ranking number two behind Carissa Shields right now, and we just fought our first fight within 11 years, and we looked real good. We performed real. Um, we 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 on our way, and I say the next two or three fights, we should be uh, looking forward to being uh, defeating Carissa Shields for her prototype. Wow. So, Jeff, now, you know, um, boxing is a is a – it's to me. It's always been sort of a, a northern sport. It never really was a southern thing, 
And, and and can you tell me why is that? I've never really seen boxing as a as a big thing in Florida, Georgia. You know, uh, even even when I lived in Atlanta for a while in the '80s, boxing was just never a real thing. Now down parts of Miami and Miami Beach, we do have some gyms down there, and uh, but but for the most part, boxing is is not really a, a, a southern thing. Is there is there a reason for that? You think? Um. Well. Um, I, I would say, well, see, in the, in the southern states, uh, they're more um, attracted to football. And, you know, uh, in the Midwest, you know, uh, because I guess it's cold up there, we're more attracted to indoor sports. I see. And which, you know, which I guess, you know, I can... I mean, that's the only way I can put it like that to you. I think we're more attracted, you know, in the, in the north, we're more attracted to indoor sports because up north, we have more colder days than southern people. So, and southern people, they have more hot days. So, they really, uh, uh, they, they, they could do more outside. Outdoor sports. So, yeah, they, they more into football and stuff like that. You know, outdoor yeah. sports, well, we're more into mm-hmm. indoor sports. So, I guess yeah. that could be a reason why. You know, in 1990, Jeff, when you won that Golden Gloves in um, in Chicago, um, what did what did you think that was going to lead to? What did you think it was going to go and and how how did how was that winning the Golden Gloves uh, at a young age in 1990? Well, um, I won it back in uh, I actually I won it first time I won it was 1986. Wow! Uh, right out of, right out of high school, I won it, and. Um, when I did in 1990, I actually I, I I took off two years, and I heard them advertising on the radio that the Golden Gloves tournament was coming back up in 1990, and I was taking my mom to work one day, and I heard I heard it on the on the radio when I was taking her to work, and she was like, "What you gonna do?" And I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I said, I said." I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be the this year's champion, and then she's like, let's let's see what you do, and uh, we we I I got prepared. I had two weeks to get prepared. I got prepared within two weeks. I haven't fought in two years, and it took me two weeks to get prepared, and I I I won it, and from there, uh, uh, I went on to, um, you know started being more interested in boxing and then I went on to become a professional and when I turned professional um I kind of like uh didn't you know I, I was more like I, I kind of found the street life and the street life kind of distracted me from my career and so I was you know I was tug of war from the streets and my career and it you know like I tell any uh, any any other young fighter from my experience, you can't do both. You got to yeah. choose one. Yeah. You know, Jeff, so, I tell young people this all the time. You can't chase two rabbits at the same time. You just cannot no. do it. You know, you you, you you cannot chase two rabbits at the same time. And if you're chasing a goal of being a superstar, you're chasing a dream of being a professional athlete. You cannot let distractions get you away from your, your goal or your prize or whatever you want to call it. 
But um, you just can't chase two rabbits at the same time, man. It's hard for some young people to understand it. But um, for some of us that have gone through it, through it and have um, have did it, we you know we know that you can't chase two rabbits at the same time. Hey Jeff, we got a call on the line. Reggie, what's going on? Hello, Reggie, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, my brother? Hey, we doing great, man. Hey, we got Jeff Jeff Mason on the line. Golden Globes, two-time Golden Globes from Chicago, Illinois, 12-0 as a professional. Jeff Mason. 12-0 as a professional. Yes. How you doing? What's going on, Jeff? Reggie Allen, Palaka, Florida. <laughs> How you doing, Mr. Um, I'm doing great. I'm um, great amateur fighter myself. Um, as a professional, as 9-0. Hey, hey, what's going on in the boxing world with you? Oh, man, I'm just trying to get these young uh, lions, man, to get some steak, man. There's a lot of steak on the table, man. We're just trying to eat, man. And uh, we stand in the gym. We stand, yeah, we stand in the gym. We stand at home. We stand motivated and uh, active. And, uh, you know, we just just uh, letting our dreams unfold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, so 12 and 0 as a pro, huh? Yes, sir. Okay, what gym you training out of? Uh, I'm in I'm in Chicago. I'm I'm in Chicago. Okay. Uh, as it's a park called uh, Taylor Park in Chicago. Okay, okay. Uh, and um, it's a youth center, and it's okay. uh, it's funded by the Chicago Park. It's it's funded by the Chicago Park District, and um, okay, it's a okay. program, and uh. Pretty much, you know, right, I train. Any, any um, any pros, any pro, any other pros you train and that you train with? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm training. Um, I got. Two, Jeff, you there? Uh, I got what? Well, yes, I'm here. Okay. Any other pros that Did you, you train with? Yes, it's it's other professionals I train with. Five, like, do I train them or do it? Uh, uh, do you mean is it other professionals in the gym? No, no, that, that you that you train with, that you're sparring with. No, I'm not. Active, I'm me specifically. I'm I'm an activist now. I'm a coach now. I'm 51 years old. I'm a I'm a boxing okay, coach. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but I do have some professionals that that train okay. at the gym with me. Okay, okay. Because unlike yes, me, uh, um, when I was boxing, I trained with I trained with five-time world champ Hector Camacho. Hector Camacho. Yeah, yes. Big Hector, big Hector and Little Hector. Huh? Hector and Big Hector. You're breaking up on me, Jeff. Yeah, that's who we I say train with. Big Hector and Little Hector. Hector. But, but Jeff, who, oh, okay. who, who are some of the people that you train with? I know you, from what I understand, you you know the, uh, you know, um, um, well, well, uh, from what I, what I do know is, um, Actually, I was I I had the opportunity uh, when Floyd fought uh, when Floyd fought Andre Thurlow, when Floyd mm-hmm. fought Manny Pacquiao, uh, when Floyd fought Shane Mosley. Um, I'm trying to see who else. When he fought uh, when he fought uh, yeah Guerrero. When he fought uh, um, Madonna twice. I was in all the camps with him. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was and, in all, and, all, all, 
and, and Jeff, who was, was your, who was your trainer? Who was your trainer from the onset? Who found you as a um, professional? Well, it was a guy about a guy named Alfonso Reservoir. But um, what I did do, I, I took my career on to Las Vegas because uh, one of my good friends was Montel Griffin at the time. And Montel Griffin, uh, he, he started okay, training okay. in Las Vegas. And, uh, hey, heavyweight, heavyweight I, Montel. Light, light heavyweight Montel Griffin, who, yeah, fought, yeah. who gave Roy Jones his first defeat. Um, <laughs> we fought together, and we was trained by Eddie Futch. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, when I say he gave Roy his first defeat, even though the technicality, you know, uh, Roy hit him when he was, you know, he, he, Roy hit him when he was on, on one knee. And right, uh, right. when Roy hit him, in the, yeah, that's when he went down. So, right. yeah, that yeah, that was Roy's defeat, you know. I was at that point live. Yeah. Hey, Reggie, we appreciate you calling, no, man. We got some other people no trying problem, to get in no here problem. and talk to, talk to um, Jeff. Thanks for calling, Reggie. Don't okay. be a stranger, man. We're here every Monday night. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. All right. Nice to see you, Reggie. All right. Hey, uh, Jeff, um, Eddie, Eddie yes, Futch, sir. man, he, he has a, he's had a number of champions under his belt. And uh, from yes, um, yeah. um, is, was Riddick Riddick Bo one of yes. his fighters? Riddick Bo, yes. yes. Riddick Bo was one of his fighters. Montel Griffin one of his fighters. Mike McCullen was one of his fighters. Uh, the list go on. Uh, you got you got. I mean, one of his major fighters that that's famous is Joe Frazier. Wow, he trained Joe Frazier when he fought oh. Ali. Didn't know that. Nope, didn't know that. Yes. Uh, no, hey Jeff, man. And also, we, Eddie, Eddie was. Uh, 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 I mean, to cut you off, but Eddie was no. also Emmanuel Stewart trainer. Didn't know that either. Wow. Yes. But Jeff, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, man. And when we get back, man, I'm gonna hold you up for about five or ten more minutes. So have a long. We can keep you. Ask you a few more questions. Okay, no problem. I know we got Damon on the line. Look like he's still holding on. Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick okay. commercial break. And when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit more and get a little more info out of Jeff Mason, professional boxer out of okay. Chicago, Illinois. All right. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we got Jeff Mason on the show. Jeff was a two-time Golden Gloves champion, 12-0 as a professional, Six KOs. Hey, and Jeff knows all about boxing. He's a promoter. He's a trainer now. Uh, Eddie Futch was his trainer when he back in the day when he was boxing in the 90s. But, hey, we got Jeff. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Hey, Jeff, what is the most exciting weight class in boxing right now? Right now, I want to say... Uh, I want to say... I want to give it to the welterweight division. You got, you got, you got, you got uh, great fighters. You got Earl Spence. You got Terrence Keeper Crawford. You got Sean Showtime Porter. You got Keith Wontime Thurman. You got Danny Swift Garcia. Uh, the list go on and on. You, you know, uh, these are top fighters that's. Uh, you know, all former world t- uh, champions as well. Yeah. And Manny Pacquiao is in that group too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. all these guys that all these guys have been world champions before. If not yeah. they former world, they they if not they world champions, they former world champions. And and the, and then, but you have the lightweight division as well. Uh, that's very exciting too. You have Devin Haney. You got Telefimo Lopez. You got Vasily Lomachenko. You got Javante Davis. You got uh, uh, now that you, you know, Gary Russell Jr. want to come up. Then you got Leo Santa Cruz. So, you know, that's that's a packed house, too, as well. Devin Haney. He's Bye. right there, too. Yes. And Luke Campbell. Yes. 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 So it, it, you're right. It's it's some serious competition, and and these guys are all all fairly young too. And the kid Lopez, yeah, he's young. only 22 years old. Yeah, right. And well, Devin Haney, Haney got, is only 21. Yeah. Then you got Shakur Stevenson. He's 21. Or uh, 22 years old. You know, uh, all these guys are young, and um, they doing big things, man, and um. They 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 well groomed and they school well and they know how to take you know like uh, this weekend my fighter fought and um, he he dropped his guy in the first round but he ended up you know what I'm saying the guy got up off the ground and you know he 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 uh, he hung in there with my fighter and then in the last two rounds you know he caught my fighter with a couple of good you know he was a softball guy but he caught my fighter with a couple of nice left nice wide left hands and whatever, but it was a learning experience because he never, you know, uh, fought no one like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a learning experience, but, you know, uh, we could have did better. Yeah. Well, hey, um, and what, what do you think about the heavyweight division, Jeff? You know, that's that's been always like the cream dollar cream in boxing ever since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, I saw Anthony Joseph a while back. Looked like he just was not really 
But yeah, Joshua a while back um, looked like he just wasn't ready to fight, and um, he took a loss. I was I was very surprised by that. That was his yeah, first he loss. He took a loss. Yeah. Well, see, when Anthony Joshua uh, hold on. Anthony Joshua, you know, like uh, Anthony, uh, he's a good fighter, but I always I always thought which which was proof that he he his his chin was a suspect. So and and you know, this dude Andy he, Ruiz, he came from out of nowhere. And you know he almost right. did old uh, old Buster Douglas on us. You know, um, come from yeah, out of well, nowhere, actually, win the championship, and then just take the money and run. I don't know. Yeah, well, actually, he didn't come from nowhere. You know, uh, they made it seem like he was from uh, a nobody, but actually, he was all he was a decorated fighter. It's just that you know, if you're not into boxing, you wouldn't know him. I give you an example. I used to train, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Oliver McCall, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I used to train his son, Elijah McCall. I 11 fight, we fought Andy Ruiz. Andy was like 17 and 0. We was maybe 9 and 1. We lost 1. We was 9 and 1, and we fought Andy Ruiz in Las Vegas. And Andy stopped us in the third round. Wow. And when I saw Andy's body, and I looked at him, I said, oh, this is going to be an easy fight. He looked just like he looked. You mm-hmm. know, chunky, sloppy, you know. And, uh, and, uh, uh, he, he was, he was, he was, he was sloppy and everything. But when he got in that ring, he was lighting fast. And, um, <laughs> he shot up in the third round. So, Andy Ruiz, you know, I was telling people, you know, like, uh, I was telling people uh, about Andy Ruiz, but I, my thing is, I don't know what I was thinking, because I just said, and if I would have been, I would still be spending some money today. They didn't give him one chance, 1% chance to be Anthony Joshua. He knocked Anthony Joshua out. Yeah, he did. Hey, uh, we got Damon on the line, uh, Jeff. Let's, let's let Damon holler at you before we got here. Damon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Daryl? Man, I'm loving life, man, every second of it. How you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, man. Good, man. We got Jeff Jeff Mason on the line, professional boxer, two-time golden gloves. This guy ain't no Hey, joke. how's it going, Jeff? How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Okay. Yep. Hey, um, go ahead. No, I was gonna ask uh, Jeff a question. What's what's sure, the youngest you can start? What's the youngest you can start uh, a person out in boxing? Because I was thinking about getting my son uh, in boxing. He's about to turn fifteen. So yes, he's um, old enough. He's over. He's over old enough. I usually start him out at eight years old. Um, okay. You know. At, at eight, you know, I, I consider they, you know, you can kind of tell them, like, you know, don't cry, you know, because you got hit in your stomach. You're going to be all right, toughen up. You know, I think eight mm-hmm. years old is pretty pretty good age to, you know, kind of break that type of, you know, like, hey, wipe your tears. Come on. Toughen up. You know what I'm saying? They, I think they can understand that at the age of eight. Okay. I like that. Yep. Yep. 
and, and um and 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 Jeff, when you, when you say training at, at around eight years old, you have a lot of videos on YouTube on training. So you know things of of how to throw a punch, how to protect yourself, footwork, um, you, how to perception before 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 people throw blows. Um, how did that come about? You making all of these videos on uh, on YouTube? Well, um, I just stick to fundamentals of boxing. And, you know, I see how a lot of people, you know, a lot of famous coaches that they're, you know, they have a big name or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, that they never got in the ring before in their life. They never boxed before. And, you know, and they, they come, you know, they look good as far as the internet, as far as padding the person or whatever, but they never really break down the fundamentals with their fighters. And that's why I made a, a video, started making videos of basic fundamentals. Because, you know, if you, you cannot throw a, a right hand moving to your left, so you got to know where your feet supposed to be at at all times. You got to know where your hand is at. You got to know what angle you are. You got to know all this in boxing. So that's why I made the video of basic fundamentals. Right. I mean, and, and, and it's like um, basic fundamentals one, Basic Fundamentals 2, you got a lot of videos, got a lot of information out there, uh, Jeff. And I, and I encourage all of our listeners to take a, take a peek at, at, at and, and, and uh, Damon, take a peek at some of Jeff Mason's videos on boxing. And that would be a great start for you to get your young child or your son or daughter involved in this sport. Uh, also, also um, I have another question. Um, I know bo- boxing about... It's about cardio. Um, I'm trying to lose. I, I got to lose my stomach, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, but what's the best? What's the best? The best cardio for me? Uh, well, lose. the best cardio in the world. You ain't gonna never find a a a a, a, a guy that does marathons. So running is the best cardio in the world. Okay. Yeah. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Hey, Damon, we're going to have to let you get out of here, man. We got Ray on the line trying to get in before we get out of here. And we only got about five more minutes. Appreciate you, Damon. Hey, Josh, we got Ray on the line. Ray, what's going on? Hey, good evening. Uh, Enjoying listening to Jeff. Uh, I happen to have lived out in St. Louis for a while, had a cousin that was... uh, uh, Golden Gloves champion there in St. Louis. And the thing that he's talking about is uh, the fundamentals. This cousin of mine, Roosevelt, could, uh, and, and I was nowhere near the size and all that he was, but he could get in the ring with people and uh, just look at their feet. Never look at their hands, their face. Their, he just look at their feet and, and could outbox people just by that. Well, well, the reason why is because a lot of people, think your hands got to be fast, but, you know, your hands, they, they got to be fast, but your feet got to put you in a position to hit a person. So feet are very important. If your feet ain't in the position to land a, a big shot on me, I know it ain't a big shot coming towards you. So, you know, exactly. feet is very important. You know, uh, like, like this is why I always tell people about fundamentals of boxing. i give you an example of how you know fundamentals of boxing and, and why, why is footwork so important? Let's say uh, I'm fighting a guy. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of a fight. 
you remember when uh, Tito Trinidad fought Bernard Hoskins? I do. Okay. Y'all remember that fight? Yes. Do you remember that fight? When, mm-hmm. uh, Felix, uh, Felix Trinidad fought Bernard Hoskins. Right. Did you know what? Did you did, did you know how Bernard ended up beating him? What no. was it? His feet? Huh? His feet? Yes, he beat him with. Yes, he beat him with his feet because Phoenix Trinidad was a big left hook puncher. He loved to knock people out with his left hook, and he didn't really have a big right hand. So all Bernard did is every time he made him, he he, he made Phoenix step to his right, you know, made him go to his right instead of his left. So when he went to when when Bernard when Bernard went to Bernard. Okay, Bernard went to his left. Would make when Bernard went to his left. Would make Felix have to go to his right, and Felix didn't. Felix's favorite punch was a left hook, so that's why Bernard took his feet out from off him because he made him instead of you know being comfortable and letting him throw his left hook. He made him rely on his right hand, which so he didn't have a right hand. But how did he? How did he take his right hand away from by going to his left? You understand mm. what I'm saying? So that's why yeah. sweet footwork is so important because it can take you out of your position. Yeah. Hey, wow. uh, Ray, we got to hurry up and get out of here, man. You got another question for Jeff before we get out? No, I, I'm I'm just enjoying the conversation. Uh, you you all keep entertaining us. Hey, man, thanks for calling, Ray. Don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night. Hey, um, Jeff, we got about a minute and a half, man. Give us a good, quick uh, black history story before we get out of here. Okay, uh, a black history story. Well, I remember uh, when Oliver McCall fought Larry Holmes, and it was at the Caesar Palace in Las Vegas. And... uh, when when he won, he came downstairs, and, and um, he came downstairs, and we was together. And Don King came downstairs, and he told Don King that uh, man, give me a little change so I could go and you know shake shake a leg or something. And Don King gave him two hundred thousand dollars cash, man. So that was like one of my back history things. And then I got one more. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. We got at, one minute. I was, the, I, I, I was at the gym with Mayweather. And uh, the Mercedes-Benz dealership came and and delivered. He had bought two Sprinter vans. So when they bought two Sprinter vans, they 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 came and showed him how the features of the Sprinter van. So when they came, they came in a brand new Maybach Mercedes-Benz. And Mayweather asked, "Who's Mercedes is that?" And uh, they said, "The dealer's Mercedes." And he said, "How much y'all want for it?" And they told him two hundred twelve thousand. He gave him two. Let, let that door open. Let, let open. I'm from that out. They gave him two hundred twelve thousand. He gave him two hundred twelve thousand dollars. He had the Mercedes Benz man to um uh catch it or uh, Uber to the dealership. <laughs> so that was one of my uh, You know, I, I like to see a black man come from nowhere and be able to do what he wanted to do, man. So that's a part of my history. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Jeff. Hey, man. Thank you so much for coming to be a part of Sports Info UM on VoiceAmerica.com. We're here every Monday night, so if you're not doing something on the Monday, give us a call. We appreciate it, Jeff. No problem. I appreciate you. Thanks again. Take care. God bless you, brother. And we'll be back next week with more sports information on VoiceAmerica.com. Peace. 
Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver will be back again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.